What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets heading into week five of the NFL season with a bye week starting here in week five. Also had some injuries around the NFL. I think this is a pretty important week to go out there, attack the waiver wire, add a running back, add a wide receiver. Maybe you need to pick up a quarterback to stream. Maybe you need a tight end to stream. Just a good week to go out there and make some moves on the waiver wire. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button. I'll have my trade target videos out also, buy low, sell high. So check those out if you are interested. But let's just jump right into it. We're gonna start off at the running back position. These are gonna be players who are available in 50% or more leagues using the ESPN waiver wire. And then five-ish guys at each position, sometimes less, sometimes more like we have here at the running back position. I don't think there's like one clear running back you need to go out and get. Last week, it was Devon Achan. He had to be the top running back. This week, kind of all over the place. Going to start it off here with Zach Charbonnet, rostered in 40.7% of leagues. He plays tonight on Monday Night Football, so we didn't get to see him uh, yet in week four. But he's someone who I really liked heading into the season. Didn't look great in week one. It wasn't trending in the right direction, but he's starting to improve on his role. Week three, he started eating into the goal line touches, eating into the receiving usage. At this point, I think he's a very valuable handcuff, but I also think later on in the season, he could carve out enough of a role where he could potentially be playable in certain matchups. So I like Zach Charbonnet. Hopefully he puts together a solid game on Monday Night Football. Then we're going to have Gus Edwards, who's rostered in 46.1% of leagues, and he operated as the clear running back one here for the Ravens. 69% snap share, 65% raw participation. He took 14 of the 20 running back carries. Now, this is a weird backfield. It's been a mess. You know, J.K. Dobbins, really unfortunate he went down because it looked like he was going to be the workhorse. And then since he went down, it's just been a mess. Justice Hill had been the 1A to Gus Edwards' 1B when they were both healthy. Like they were kind of splitting the carries, but Justice Hill was way more involved as a pass catcher. Justice Hill did play in this game after missing week three, but it seemed like he was limited. Obviously, we saw Gus Edwards take a large workload. So who knows if Gus Edwards is actually going to hold on to this role long term or even into week five. But if he does go out there, he replicates this workload in week five, then he does become someone that you could uh, potentially start moving forward. But I definitely wouldn't feel great throwing him into my lineup um, starting next week in week five. The next running back is going to be Roshan Johnson, rostered in 45.3% of leagues, and I do think we could actually see that go down, so maybe he is currently rostered, but I think he could be released after uh, week four here. His snaps took a massive hit in this game, only 22% of the snaps, and this was a backfield with Khalil Herbert where it was close to like a 50-50 split through the first three weeks of the season. Don't really know what happened in this game. They rode the hot hand with Khalil Herbert. He dominated the opportunities, dominated the usage, dominated the touches. But just looking at Roshan Johnson here, this is a long season. I think he'll find a way to work his way back in. I think he could get this back to like a 50-50 split. I think he even has the upside of just leading this backfield at some point. So I'm not giving up on Roshan. I still think he's definitely worth rostering. These younger running backs, they may take their time to break into these backfields, but we have to be patient. We can't just throw them away, you know, the first time something rough happens. After Roshan Johnson, we're going to have Chuba Hubbard here, rostered in just under 20% of leagues, and Miles Sanders is currently playing through a groin injury, and he is clearly limited in terms of his usage. We actually saw Chuba Hubbard outsnap Miles Sanders, and he also ran more routes. So the Panthers are currently taking the approach of letting Miles Sanders play through it, but they're severely capping his workload, which is then giving Chuba Hubbard 
more opportunities in this backfield. So at this point, he is the clear uh, handcuff for Miles Sanders. And there's also the possibility that they end up just sitting Sanders. They want to get him right. They roll with Chuba Hubbard. And then he becomes an RB2 in your lineup for however long Miles Sanders is out. So definitely a handcuff who should be rostered in more than uh, 18% of leagues. The next handcuff is going to be Kenneth Gainwell, rostered in 45.4% of leagues. And week one, it looked like Kenneth Gainwell was going to lead this backfield. Unfortunately, he gets injured. He misses week two. Swift takes over, and he really hasn't looked back. In week three, they were pretty much in a 50-50 split in terms of snaps and touches, but Swift just looked like the much better option. He kind of starts to establish himself as the RB1 here in week four. Swift takes 45 snaps to Kenneth Gainwell's 27. Obviously, it's tough that Gainwell isn't going to be the starter. Maybe you thought you had a diamond in the rough after week one, but I still think he's definitely rosterable here, right? He's the clear handcuff to one of the uh, best rushing attacks in the NFL. So definitely still someone who's viable to be on your bench. DeAndre Swift goes down. You can feel comfortable throwing Kenneth Gainwell into your lineup as like a weekly RB2. Now shifting over to Kendra Miller here, rostered in 13.8% of leagues. Honestly, pretty disappointing here for Kendra Miller. He's someone who I really thought would be able to work into some sort of split with Alvin Kamara. And I was just really surprised how willing the Saints were to use Kamara as a workhorse. He had a 75% snap share, took 11 of the 13 running back carries, and then per usual was very involved as a pass catcher. But I mean, this week it was way crazier than normal. So I was surprised, right? In the offseason, they signed Jamal Williams. Then they also go out and spend a day two pick on Kendra Miller. It really seemed like they wanted someone to share the load with Alvin Kamara. Maybe they think Kendra Miller's not there yet. That's obviously not ideal if you do roster Kendra Miller, but he does still have three more weeks to kind of make an impact, showcase something before Jamal Williams could come off of IR. So I still think he's worth rostering, but it definitely was a hit not seeing him more involved um, here in week four. Then we're going to have another kind of handcuff option. Tajay Spears rostered in 20.2% of leagues. Even in a game where the Titans were clearly leading the entire time, Derrick Henry still only played four more snaps than Tajay Spears. So, you know, even in a game script that probably isn't great for him, he is still very involved. At this point, he has to be viewed as one of the best handcuffs for fantasy football. Another one of the best handcuffs in fantasy football is going to be Elijah Mitchell, rostered in 36.1% of leagues. He was not active for this game. I think he got injured really late in the week. I mean, it really didn't end up mattering. But when he's healthy, he is CMC's clear handcuff on one of the best offenses in the NFL, someone who definitely needs to be rostered in like every normal size competitive league. Now we're going to be getting into some of the deeper dives here to finish up this running back portion, starting off with Ronnie Rivers. He's actually rostered in less than 1% of ESPN leagues. In previous videos, I've talked about how I don't believe Kyron Williams has this running back one role, like this workhorse workload lockdown throughout the rest of the season. Like some people are treating him like he's going to be this you know, 20 carry a game guy, super involved as a pass catcher for the entire 17 game season. I'm not there yet for Kyron Williams. I think there are routes for him to lose that job. I think there are routes for this to become a committee. I think there's routes for them to bring in someone else to, you know, kind of share the workload in that backfield. But looking at Ronnie Rivers here, he's clearly their running back too. And I'm not some like huge Ronnie Rivers fan. I don't think he's some sort of elite running back, but I also don't know if Kyron Williams is some sort of elite running back either. But we definitely saw Ronnie Rivers go out and up his usage in week four, hit a 28% snap share in the previous games um, after Cam Akers was kind of out of the picture. Kyron Williams just dominated the opportunities and the snaps in week two and week three. 
We saw Rivers start to work in. He was solid in his opportunities, nine carries for 47 yards, two receptions for 10 yards. I think he could continue earning work, but he also has the upside of benefiting from a Kyron Williams injury. This is a running back who measured in at 5'9", sub 200 pounds, and has taken 50 plus snaps in every game this season. That's potentially a workload that's not sustainable for Kyron Williams rest of season. So if he goes down, Ronnie Rivers could slide into a very, very valuable role. And we've also seen with some of these you know, head coaches, if their workhorse guy is the clear number one and that guy goes down, they could just elevate the next guy into that role, especially looking at Sean McVay here. It's not like Kyron Williams was some sort of elite prospect. He was kind of just the guy there. He's getting this huge workload. He goes down. That could end up being Ronnie Rivers. So I think in your deeper leagues, someone who may not be heavily rostered, just someone to keep an eye on there. And then we're going to have Jaleel McLaughlin. I probably butchered that name. Uh, Broncos running back, also rostered in under 1% of leagues. Unfortunately, we saw Javante Williams leave with a hip injury. This kind of seemed like a really solid matchup for Javante Williams to kind of break out. The reports that I'm seeing, um, you know, before making this video is that the Javante Williams hip injury is not expected to be serious, but who knows how that shakes out. Still someone to look at here um, on the game. McLaughlin outcarried and out-targeted Samaj P. Ryan. He also impressed in his limited opportunities, seven carries for 72 yards, three receptions for 32 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's worth an ad in like large leagues or just leagues with super deep rosters or really competitive leagues where the waiver wire is just barren. Someone who's probably going to be there in pretty much every league, just someone to keep an eye out for. And then two other just honorable mentions here, Ezekiel Elliott, Tank Bigsby, just kind of handcuffs in their backfields. I've talked about them pretty much every single week, also rostered in under 50% of leagues. Now we had a lot of running backs there pivoting over to the wide receiver position. I feel like the first wide receiver we have to talk about here is Jamison Williams. He's rostered in only 16.3% of leagues. And he was someone who I kept talking about in this video as like, all right, you know, he's not going to do anything. He's going to be sitting on your bench, but you may want to add him before people start to, you know, add him after that six game suspension. The NFL has reduced his suspension, which now makes him a complete must add at this point. We've seen Josh Reynolds go for 60 plus receiving yards in three of the four games. Jamison Williams has the talent to make a real impact on this Lions roster. They need a wide receiver too. J-Mo could be that guy. I think he has to probably be one of, if not like a top two target at the wide receiver position this week. The guy who could compete with him for that spot would be Romeo Dobbs, rostered in 33.9% of leagues, records an 88% route participation which, you know, could be a little skewy because Christian Watson was limited, but it does seem like Dobbs has separated himself to be like at worst a top two wide receiver. He kind of pulled away from Jaden Reed a little bit. So even if Christian Watson's fully healthy, getting his full routes, I think Romeo Dobbs will be his wide receiver two in that offense. Romeo Dobbs has scored 18 or more PPR points in three out of four games. He also has 25 targets over the last two weeks. So he is clearly showing talent in a second NFL season. Jordan Love has been more impressive than I think pretty much everyone was expecting. So definitely someone who should be rostered. Another young wide receiver here, Marvin Mims, rostered in 17.2% of leagues. This was honestly really frustrating usage from Sean Payton here in week four. Marvin Mims only ran 12 routes, only one more than he ran last week. And Marvin Mims is the Broncos leading wide receiver in terms of yardage despite not even getting wide receiver three snaps. You got Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton out there, you know, getting crazy snaps. And Marvin Mims can't even earn a wide receiver three role despite being their most productive guy. It's frustrating. He's definitely worth rostering. He has flashed some serious talent. 
but he is currently capped in his usage, um, which is obviously going to cap his fantasy upside. So he's definitely not playable at this point, but he has flashed the ability. Now he just needs to up his workload. Hopefully that's able to happen within the next few weeks. Behind him, we have another rookie, and it's going to be Michael Wilson, rostered in 1.4% of leagues. This is just kind of a rule I have. When rookie wide receivers flash their talent, we need to pay attention, even if it seems like it's in a crowded wide receiver room or you know, an unappealing um, offense to be a part of. When these guys showcase their talent, we should pay attention. Michael Wilson, 74% raw participation. He's been locked in uh, to a higher raw participation earlier on in the season. Rondell Moore currently ran the wide receiver two routes, but he's pretty much done nothing to like warrant holding on to that role. So I think Michael Wilson could see an increase. Wilson was targeted seven times, caught all seven of those targets for 76 receiving yards and two touchdowns. The Cardinals have been much better offensively than I think everyone expected. Like going up, doing that against the 49ers is impressive. So I think it's possible that they could support another wide receiver. Like I think heading into the season, it was like they're tanking, they're going to be terrible. Like is Marquise Brown going to be able to do anything as their wide receiver one? Now it's like Marquise Brown can kind of produce. Um, Is Michael Wilson going to be somewhat relevant as a wide receiver too? Not saying I would want to go start him here in week five, but definitely someone we should keep an eye on moving forward. Then we're going to have Zay Jones rostered in 38.6% of leagues. He may have lost his wide receiver two spot with Christian Kirk just balling out, but it's just kind of worth rostering and seeing if he somehow was able to retain it while being injured. We remember the first two weeks of the season, Zay Jones was running top two wide receiver routes. Christian Kirk was running wide receiver three routes. Zay Jones goes down. Christian Kirk has been solid over the past two weeks. So we'll see how it shakes out. But this could be a very valuable role in that Jaguars offense. So something to look out for. And then three more wide receivers here. Got some veterans. Tyler Boyd rostered in 43.1% of leagues. T Higgins could miss some time with a rib fracture. I guess Boyd becomes somewhat interesting as like their wide receiver too. He definitely would be more interesting if Joe Burrow wasn't completely hobbled and playing at a very, very low level. Even with, you know, Burrow struggling, Boyd has still been targeted 25 times over the past three games. So could potentially be like a desperation start with bye week starting. Then we're going to have Josh Palmer rostered in 46.4% of leagues. I'm not a huge Josh Palmer guy. Um, he logged a very impressive 97% route participation, led the team with eight targets, three receptions for 77 yards. For me, I'd much rather buy into Quinton Johnston kind of long-term throughout the season than really want to rely on Josh Palmer. I believe they have a bye week here in week five, so that could also be a leg up for Quinton Johnston here. Maybe you like Josh Palmer, you like him operating as the wide receiver too, but for me, I typically have to think a wide receiver is pretty talented for me to like want to throw him into my starting lineup. Just not sure if I'm there with Josh Palmer, but I do get the appeal. And then the final wide receiver here, Michael Gallup, rostered in 42.1% of leagues. Back-to-back solid games, uh, 6 for 92 in week 3, 5 for 60 here in week 4. Now uh, in his second season back from the ACL tear. So maybe he's starting to have like a bounce back here. Brandon Cooks has been pretty underwhelming, so maybe Gallup just establishes himself as the wide receiver two moving forward. We'll see. Not super hyped, but once again, bye weeks, injuries could be playable at this point. Now pivoting over to the quarterback position, also just like honorable mentions of some of the rookies, um, Rasheed Rice, Josh Downs, none of them really did anything, but just players to look out for. 
But now the quarterback position, got to start it off here with C.J. Stroud, rostered in 30.7% of leagues. Have to imagine that's above 50% after week four. He just put up his third straight strong fantasy game, 20 plus points in all three of those games. Um, He's averaging 303 passing yards per game and has zero interceptions. He has looked incredible through four weeks. I think a lot of people thought this would be a rough offense. He has elevated this entire unit. This offensive line isn't even healthy, and C.J. Stroud is still playing at a very, very high level. Stroud and Richardson are looking like absolute smash picks from this uh, most recent draft. And I think another interesting thing about C.J. Stroud is that he has produced for fantasy in games where he was leading and games where he was trailing, right? Like, it's not like he's only producing in games where they're behind and he's throwing the ball a million times. They could have the lead, and C.J. Stroud is still giving you solid fantasy production. So I think he's playable at this point probably like a high-end QB2 depending on the matchup, but definitely someone who could be rostered, especially if you're having some uh, some QB trouble. Then we're going to have Matthew Stafford rostered in 33.3% of leagues. Through four weeks, the fantasy production really hasn't been great, but the passing volume has been really strong. He's averaging 41.5 pass attempts per game and 307 passing yards per game. Problem is he's only uh, accounted for three touchdowns. So Kyron Williams has just been taking a lot of those touchdowns on the ground. That should even out at some point with uh, Cooper Cup potentially coming back in week five. Stafford could end up becoming a viable starter. Looking at that wide receiver room with how well Puka Nakua and uh, Tutu Atwell have played, that's a really strong wide receiver trio there in Los Angeles. So Matthew Stafford, definitely someone who could be streamable moving forward. Someone who could play here in week five, Sam Howell, rostered in 12.3% of leagues. He's put up 15 plus points in three out of four weeks. He just had that one really rough game against the Bills. I think that was last week in week three, but he has a great matchup against the Bears who just continue to get carved up. We just saw Russell Wilson go to work on them. So Sam Howell, if you're desperate for a streaming option, he could be that guy this week with the buys. Another guy who could potentially be that guy is going to be Josh Dobbs, rostered in 2% of leagues. Definitely feels gross, but from weeks two through four, Dobbs has been solid. Someone who should at least be on the radar at this point, 17 plus points in uh, all three of those games. And he's also showcased some rushing upside, 40 plus rushing yards in each of the last three weeks. Plus we talked about Michael Wilson. The weapons may not be terrible. You got Marquise Brown there, Michael Wilson starting to make an impact. Who knows, maybe Josh Dobbs becomes uh, like a decent QB2 streaming play. Now shifting over to the tight end position, Hopefully your tight end position is kind of unlocked because not a ton of options here. Really just two guys, probably only one you feel great about. So starting it off with Jake Ferguson, rostered in 21.4% of leagues. This was a breakout game here for Ferguson. 69% route participation, which is still not ideal, but he led the team with seven targets, caught all seven of them for 77 receiving yards. With the tight end position kind of in shambles at this point, I feel like he's a low end or a high, no, sorry, a low end tight end one moving forward. I feel like he's kind of earned that spot in a top offense, getting decent routes, but he's just clearly getting involved week after week. Someone who definitely should be rostered in pretty much every single league. And then we have Luke Musgrave rostered in 35.8% of leagues. Unfortunately, he left the Thursday night game with a concussion, but he had been super involved through three weeks, led the Packers in routes run weeks one through three. Just kind of got to hope he gets healthy here and is able to give it a go in week five. And then the final position, the defensive streaming options. We're going to start it off with the Commanders, rostered in 19.2% of leagues. They go up against the Bears. Bears offense looked pretty impressive going up against the Broncos. Who knows if that sticks? I think the Commanders defense is a lot more competent 
than that uh, group Denver has over there. Then we're going to have the Lions rostered in 4.7% of leagues. Not an elite defense, but they go up against the Panthers, who have really struggled offensively, lacking weapons. Bryce Young hasn't looked great, obviously still early on, but a good matchup there for the Lions. Then we have the Broncos. Um, this is where I start to feel a little bit less confident. Commanders Lions would probably be the top two streaming options. Broncos obviously got torched by the Dolphins, just got torched by the Bears. Jets offense has, prior to this uh, Sunday night game, been like a matchup you want to target. Who knows if that was a fluky performance from Zach Wilson, but he looked decently impressive. If that Zach Wilson shows up next week, this Broncos defense is probably going to be in trouble, but who knows how that shakes out. And then the Bengals just gave up, I believe, 27 to the Titans, rostered in 37.7% of leagues. They go up against the Cardinals, kind of a defense that's underwhelmed early on, and then the Cardinals have probably overperformed offensively. Once again, don't feel great about it, but it's kind of like the state of these uh, streaming defenses at this point. That's going to wrap it up for the top waiver wire targets from every position. Hopefully you all enjoyed the video. Go out, dominate the waiver wire. If you enjoyed, hit that like button. Check out the uh, trade videos. Thank you all for stopping by, and I'll see you in the next one.